Everyone, remain calm. Welcome to the 86th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we have another brand new segment for you, The Game Trail. This one's featuring Aaron Beyer, Chris from Crisscross Media, and Jay Jurassic. Now, The Game Trail will be a new reoccurring segment, taking a look at the good and bad games throughout the Jurassic gaming history. This week, they'll break down Jurassic Park The Game from Telltale Games. I am so looking forward to hearing this one, and I hope you will too. Now, usually we do cover all the Jurassic news from around the world, but uh, I had a busy weekend this weekend, so... I didn't get around to researching and scripting out the segment, so we'll cover all the recent casting news and more next week. Who knows, maybe Universe will break some big news this week and give us a chance to do a midweek episode. Let's hope. This week, you'll be able to hear me on the podcast Jurassic Park Minute with hosts Brady and Kyle. Now, I'll be on episodes 88 and 89, debuting this Thursday and Friday. That is the 16th and 17th of February. Definitely check out their podcast. It's really, really awesome. Uh, They break down the first film minute by minute. And if you're anything like me, you'll really enjoy their podcast a whole lot. I promise you. Um, I'll also make sure to include a link to their podcast in the show notes. Don't forget, we have a special promo code available to listeners of the podcast to use for Jurassic World The Exhibition. Head to fi.edu or call the museum at 215-448-1200 to purchase tickets and use the code JWGENER to get $5 off daytime adult admission tickets to Jurassic World The Exhibition. Now, this is limited to four tickets per person. It does include general admission to the Franklin Institute, but it cannot be combined with any other offer or discount. Now, there are upgrades available on site for the IMAX and 3D theaters. It is redeemable online, over the phone, or at the ticketing desk. Now, processing fees do apply when ordering your tickets in advance. It does exclude holidays, but guess what? It is valid through 4 1917 April 19th, 2017. Again, the promo code is J-W-G-E-N-E-R. Use it and let us know when you do. All right, well, why don't we climb into the Humvee, set our course, and head off for the game trail. This is a game trail, Mr. Ludlow. Carnivores hunt on game trail. Hey, I'm coming online. Hello there. Some people think that robots are the future. This is a game trail. Thinking machines, supercomputers, and virtual reality displays. This is a game we call hide and seek. It's a scent drill. We've done it about a thousand times with these animals. This is a game trail. Wait to engage. Look at these creatures. They've got millions of years of instinct in their cells. Instinct that we can program. Herd the animal into a kill zone. That's when we take our shot. Get a clear shot, wait on my command, and give her everything you got. I hate computers. This new program's incredible. Violence and technology, not good bedfellows. This is a game trail. Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Game Trail, the Jurassic Park podcast segment where we cover all things Jurassic gaming. I'm Aaron Beyer, and today I'm joined by Chris of Crisscross Media and at Jurassic. Today we'll be talking about Jurassic Park The Game, developed by Telltale Games. And just as a warning, we could go into spoilers, so listener beware. How are you guys? I'm doing good. I'm actually very excited to talk about this particular game. This is was this the last Jurassic Park game that has been out in the public? Right? No, there was a Jurassic Be- World game. I take that back. The Lego Basically, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like a, uh, if you don't count like the mobile game, you know. Right. This was kind but- of like the only thing us fans could latch onto for a while, which was kind yep. of sad. 
Okay. It was really, it's really been the only thing with like, I would say original content. The Lego right. game just kind of covers all four movies. And then there was the, yeah, the mobile games, which were just park builders. But, uh, right. that's right. Yeah. I forgot so, about the Lego game. Yeah. The Lego, the Lego mm. game's great, but that's for, yeah. uh, that'll be for another episode. Um, <laughs> so Jurassic Park, the game is an episodic video game developed by Telltale Games. Uh, the game was released in November of 2011 on PC, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. Uh, today it's currently backwards compatible on Xbox One. Uh, there was a special edition of the game that was available for PC players, uh, and it introduced us some, to some new dinosaurs and some new characters. Um, overall, the game scored mediocre on a lot of uh, different scoring websites, uh, including like IGN. Uh, Greg Miller at the time said that Jurassic Park is a meandering tale of forgettable characters getting lost in a park that is far less wondrous than one we saw on the silver screen. Uh, he gave it a 5.5 out of 10. And then Carolyn Pettit from GameSpot uh, gave the game a 6.5 out of 10, stating that while it was fun to watch Jurassic Park's story play out, the cinematic adventure wasn't much fun to actually play. While she praised the use of the source material, she criticized the lack of challenging puzzles and lack of context conversation options. Uh, she concluded her review comparing the game progression to the cars on rigid tracks, offering no control where it goes or how it gets there. Uh, you're just along for the ride. So what did you guys actually think of the game? Well, okay. I here's the thing. I uh, I, I liked I, I, building up to it. I remember there was a lot of hype within the community, and I thought that was really cool. Um, and then I remember while I'm playing it, I remember thinking to myself, "You're enjoying this. You're enjoying this." I was telling myself to like it more than I actually was. And then when <laughs> I finished it, I remember just feeling kind of empty. I, I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, it was kind of. I don't know. It felt like emotionless at times, and it, and maybe it was because I was playing it on the Xbox 360. I don't know if it was supposed to be built for that, or whatever. It just felt like it was kind of broken too, uh, just the game mechanics and everything. So uh, I know we'll get into more of that later, but to me, I felt kind of empty playing it. Jay, what'd you uh, think? I don't know, man. I I, I actually liked the game. <laughs> um, I I I think it was more of the the expansion on like the the story. Uh, of what was going on like right. behind the scenes from what was going on in the film but I do agree there is like once you're done with the game you're kind of just left like okay um, that was good yeah. like like yeah, wincing at it like uh, it was good but I mean I did love some parts of the game but there's just yeah there's something missing from the game absolutely and I can't I can't put my finger on it I don't know what it is but it's like there's something not there mm-hmm. you know yeah, like to kind of expand on that, I had kind of the same feelings that both of you guys had. Like, I really enjoyed seeing like new set pieces um, that were uh, introduced uh, to the game to kind of like play to that like fan that uh, like the fanfare and everything. Like, you know, we got to see a mosasaur uh, enclosure. We got to see kind of the underground tunnels like Disney World is uh, has. Um, we got to see uh, the visitor center again. Um, we got to see just kind of out in the park. But then again, it was like the same thing. I'm like, I kept telling myself, you're having fun. You're having fun. Mm-hmm. You're having fun. Like you're getting new things. You're having fun. And then, yeah, when I was done, I was like, did, did I have fun? Um, yeah. you know, someone at work asked me, they're like, well, what did you think of the game? And I was like, yeah, you know, it was okay. Like, um, I was telling you guys before we started recording, um, I had played this game back in 2011 when it first came out and, then to kind of refresh just watched a playthrough on youtube and it was about nine hours and it was the longest nine hours um, (laughs) of my life now that's not to disparage the storytelling at uh that's not to disparage the storytelling at at telltale right like a lot of the nine hours is the person sitting there trying to figure out the puzzles but at the same time like Mm -hmm. i just wasn't too interested in the mercenary characters i really was just interested in harding and his daughter yeah it's funny i i feel the exact uh I didn't like the Billy Yoder character. I thought he was annoying. And I think my my reasoning behind that was because I don't like the voice actor, James Marsden. Because sure. all I hear when I hear James Marsden talk is Max from the Goofy movie. So yep. I was taken out completely. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this. Um, the, the daughter, I thought was... I felt like they just shoot in like a daughter, young type character that was smart talking because... 
you know, oh, a Jurassic movie needs a kid, so wh- what do we need? Like, I felt like that was, it was just kind of like a thing they, they're like, we need, to, this is a formula, we need to follow the formula. Well, it's um, not Jurassic Park, right? Unless there's a kid going yeah. through a divorce. Um, right, right. But, uh, uh. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I don't know. I've never really been a mercenary, like, kind of fan. And I do like James Marsden, but like you said, I hear when I hear him, I hear, like, his character from Goofy Movie or Full House or Family Matters. Like, it's yeah. all I can hear. Yeah, I like the uh, the other dude, the machete guy. I thought that was cool. I thought uh, he was pretty cool too. Yeah, and if you if you like um, if you watch when you see towards the end of like in Jurassic World, you notice that guy that shoots down the Dimorphodon. It reminded me of him with the beard and the type uh, the type of look. I feel like they almost took that from the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my my opinion. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that dude, he was a good character. I think so. I well, thought, yeah. Jurassic World does a great job of kind of paying homage to like a lot of the the older fan servicey kind of things. Like, um, you know, they pulled a lot out of Jurassic Park the game. They pulled a lot um, out of some of the action figures that we got back in the '90s. Um, so yeah, it would definitely wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the Mosasaur, right from Jurassic World, uh, the first appearances in this video game uh, here. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Like, do you guys prefer like the designs for both were very, very different? And I know there's that J- Jurassic Park look that um, you know we've come to associate like the from the movies. You know, Ra- Raptor that's iconic. Uh, the T Rex mm-hmm. looks a certain way, and there's no other T Rex that looks like that in in books or anything like that. What would you think of the Mosasaurs? Because I think those are two very, very different takes on you know one singular dinosaur. Uh, what, I um, yeah. I think that like. Uh the the one from the one from the game um i actually preferred the one from the game the way it looked mm-hmm. like yes like the other one's more they're both you know uh, different from the actual animal in mm-hmm. some aspects but i don't know i just love the the fins and the coloration on him yeah it looked really great and uh i remember i actually was like my, i had a friend of mine that was actually working to to make like a sculpture out of it and during the time we were playing that game and i thought that was really cool so it like the look of that mosasaur like it from from the game and, and during that time is always like um i preferred it more than when i saw it in jurassic world in plus in jurassic world you see like glimpses of the whole body you don't see most of it and then on the like the jurassic world art it's so different like the one you see on the website they right. look very different to the ones in the movie they yeah. they, they changed up all those but, dinosaurs did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, for for me, like a big part of the Crash McCurry style is giving all the dinosaurs um, lips, and by lips, I essentially just mean the skin that covers like the gums where teeth protrude out of. And we got that with the Mosasaur in the video game, um, where it's like, and and you get it through with all all the other dinosaurs, um, the carnivores in Jurassic Park through Jurassic World, where they have gums that produce teeth but then over those gums they've got like kind of the outer part of their mouth and with the indominus and at the time right now i can't think but i'm pretty sure the mosasaur in the movie as well the teeth just protrude out from um like a jawline there's actually no lips that cover the teeth and i'm actually a big fan of the original artwork by mccreary so i in my mind when i think of a dinosaur that's what i think of and uh, that's what we got in the video game. So I'm actually tend to lean a little more towards the video game one myself too. And yeah, I will right. say, I will say this with the video game. I think that creature, that design looks more ferocious. And if I were in the water and I had to be scared of one or the other, I think the video game actually does a better job of making it seem menacing. If you look at the tail, I mean that that mm-hmm. it's almost like a crocodile's tail. How it has like those kind of like fins and the way the way it looks. Uh, it takes aspects of creatures that are actually really out there in the wild where. As the Mosasaur that we got in the film, I feel like it's too smooth or too streamlined. There's something about it that doesn't have that same oomph, you know what I mean? That's what I feel. So I really love the design of the game. I think they did a very, very good job. That's really true. And also, around that time, um, like, science believed that the Mosasaur tail looked like that, like the one in the game. And then Mm -hmm. we found out, like, it actually looked more like the one in Jurassic World. So the one in Jurassic World actually um, corrected the one from the game interesting but yes the the one in the game actually has like a more menacing tail has that more crocodilian feel to it mm-hmm. where it, it you know what I mean yeah the size comparison of course if you saw that like whale sized one coming at you you'd yeah. be pretty scared but just the look of that just like swimming by on like in a lagoon and you're just like walking through mm-hmm. kind of makes you feel kind of like that 
that fear that you have when you go down to Florida and you see any pool of water, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, okay, let's be honest. Like, Jurassic films and stuff, they're not 100% accurate to the of course. to the actual structures of, of the actual dinosaurs and stuff like that. So it's, it's interesting that they went ahead and they implemented the changes of the Mosasaur when they found out that this tail wasn't exactly like that. Um, but personally, I wish they kind of stuck with the old design, but, you know. Eh. Yeah. So. But you know, yeah, the, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. Now, we did talk about some new dinosaurs um, in the game. I think the big one that we should talk uh, about is the menacing Trodoon. Uh, what do you guys take on this new character? Um... Well, I I remember they were, like, hinting at it. It was, like, the big thing of the game. Like, oh, yeah, we have this new dinosaur. It's menacing. It's going to give you nightmares. It's, you know, scare, it scares the other dinosaurs and stuff. And I remember they were showing hints of it. And I, I was just like, big eyes, it's a Truodon. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's a Truodon. And then it ended up being a Truodon. But um, they actually, I, I like that they uh, implemented, you know, the feathered look to it. Even though it has like it doesn't have like the plumage of like later birds or like it would say like feather type three or type four, it has more like proto feathers. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like also the the like this type of venom that it had in its saliva that disoriented you, which they said that the the Comsignatus had that in like the book. And I think in Lost World they say that their bite had that that would disorient you. Or I think it was the first book, Jurassic Park book. Mm-hmm. Um, and they implemented that with the Truodons. Um, as design and color, you didn't like the way they kind of looked a little bit. I just liked more the proto feather look. Their their mouth looked weird to me. It looked like uh, almost like a spoonbill um, uh, pelican. You know, mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. that it, it just didn't have like uh, a raptor, uh, a dromaeosaur skull. It has like a flat duckbill face almost, and its teeth were just like kind of coming out. And I don't know. I didn't like the design of the face. I did like that they put proto feathers, but that's about it. I think I was kind of okay with that design. Um, not so much maybe due to its accuracy or anything like that, but, you know, they run into this problem um, throughout all the movies where. You know, even in the original movie, the Dilophosaur is a lot smaller than a true Dilophosaur because Spielberg didn't want audience members to be confused um, about the raptor and the Dilophosaur. So I think for the design of like making these kind of like little pack hunters or like to me, like they made like the sound of like mice and they kind of acted like mice. Um, and, you know, we've already got the compies from the original movies um, and the books. So we kind of know that behavior. I think separating out the Trudon with this particular design, like the big eyes and like the glowing eyes and the, um, the poison. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily like the dinosaur that they needed to use in their marketing is like, Oh, the next big dinosaur. It's like, well, okay. Like, cool. Um, to me, like it really came down to that Mosasaur at the end, uh, which is the final, uh, set piece. Uh, it's the final, uh, hurrah in the game. Um, but the Trudon was cool. Um, no complaints at all about it, really. Yeah, I just I feel like to an extent we we have the Raptors already, who are these pack hunters. We have the Dilophosaurus, which the fan base has been you know like crying for more. Um, yeah. I feel like they could have used what was already established, especially with this game taking place essentially during the first movie or towards the end of the first movie. Um, so having said that, I, to me, it almost felt like it was kind of just tacked on, like, oh, what do we have? All right, we don't want to go with something too big because we've done, like, the Spinosaur and the T-Rex, da, da, da. Okay, let's go with this guy. And I, I don't know. I know it's... I know it's um, the design was pretty interesting. It was, it was different from what we've seen, but yeah, n- knowing that we have a lot of these characters that are like it okay it reminded me of like whenever there's a new generation of pokemon i don't know if you guys are (laughs) into pokemon but like you get those starters and you're just like you know like uh, i'm not too into this like i was fine with charmander or i was fine with this like they're they're kind of like running out of ideas and i know this is pre-existing real dinosaur but to me like for the context of the story i feel like they could have 
use something that was already within the context of the first movie since it was already tied into that uh, very closely. So, yeah, you yeah, know, and they actually made them smaller too. They're yeah. not a, they they weren't that size. They were mm-hmm. a lot bigger than that. Mm-hmm. They weren't as big as the Velociraptors, which you know we all know are like Utah Raptor size. Right. But um, yeah, they made them smaller. They made them in between uh, Compsognathus and like. Or, they actually were like almost like real Velociraptor size. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In the game. You know, introducing new dinosaurs in the Jurassic franchise is always tricky because we, there's always a different dinosaur count depending on what you're reading or what you're watching. Um, and Jurassic Park, the movie, very clearly says that there's 15 species on that particular island. Uh, so with seeing the, the seven on screen and then there's a few more listed uh when Nedry is stealing the embryos, um, to really stick within the canon of that movie is really tough because you start getting into like, well, how many dinosaurs can we introduce, um, you know, before it just kind of gets ridiculous. And I think for hardcore fans who know about the dinosaur counts in different, you know, movies, um, to me, that's like one of my big pet peeves throughout the entire franchise is that dinosaur counts and where they live on the islands, like never it's never ironed out throughout the entire series. Um, even mm-hmm. in four, like the count is completely off. Uh, but that's just something that like, like what do you do, right? You just back yourself into this corner that you can only have so many dinosaurs in these movies. That doesn't make any sense. So why they thought they felt the need to give the number in the original movie um, is kind of a bummer to me. I get the original movie probably never meant to really have a sequel. So that's kind of the justification I give to that. But um, yeah, I think it just gives there's a problem, right? When in Jurassic Park, the big, the big grandiose dinosaur is the T-Rex, um, and then it's like, well, what do you introduce to kind of maybe go up against T-Rex or whatever? And uh, on that particular island, the answer really is kind of nothing, you know, other than the raptors. Mm-hmm. You know, my big problem with uh, a lot with all this, it, it, it's always been that we've always had a large predator, and we and we've had. A small mid-size like uh, like human-sized predator and then small predators we never have a mid-sized predator I've been like like petitioning for them to introduce either an Allosaurus or a Carnotaur that all the fan knows all the fans know about the Carnotaurs in, in, in Lost World in the book you know they, they took the aspect of their chameleon like ways and abilities and they put it onto the Indominus but it was like that one second in Jurassic World, you know? Um, we need, like, a mid-sized predator, I, I feel, would be a, a, a fresh, fresh air, you know? You know what I mean? You know what they should do? They should make a whole movie or a game with a pissed-off Brachiosaur who's just going to kill everybody on there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's just what walking I around, Just sitting in front of doors or, like, blocking roads. Yeah, just, like, <laughs> stepping on everybody. He's just like, screw this. He's just kicking in. He's just mad. That's what I want. You want to mix it up? I want the pissed off Brachiosaur story. That's what I want. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. And it's <laughs> funny because the way the way Crash drew them, they look like they're always smiling, like they're always happy. <laughs> you know, and to have one that's like has a frown, and yeah. it's just you know, have the one from Jurassic Park that sneezes on Lex. Oh yeah. And have that one just like like he's mad because he's still sick. Mm-hmm. He's just sneezing on buildings, like. Oh. oh no! I'm, I have a theory that you know th- th- that Brachiosaur could have easily moved its head, but purposely sneezed on her. He's like, you know what? I got this. Sneezed right in her face. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> she doesn't care. Um, yeah, this is this is what I'll take from the game. All right, because I, I know there, there was mixed feelings on it. Uh, the game it, at times was very glitchy. Frame rate was kind of weird. Um, dialogue wasn't matching with the with the, the voices. Um, that's the experience I had with Xbox 360. I wasn't too invested with the characters. Um, but I appreciated the world building that they that they introduced. I liked that they int- they added more lore to the island of Isla Nublar. Um, that there were like native people there. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate the fact that they kind of built John Hammond up as this kind of evil guy who came in and just stripped the island. I, I didn't really know what to take of that because I always I always picture John Hammond as in the books he's very different than he is in the film. But yeah. this is based on John Hammond, the film character, and. It seems out of character for John Hammond, um, but I appreciated that they talked about na- the native creatures of the island. I liked the um, the, the, the introduction of like the the, vol- the volcano and how it was dormant. So those are the things that I liked. And a question that I wanted to talk to, uh, talk about you guys, bring up to you guys is originally this was 
supposed to be part of the Jurassic canon. And now, after Jurassic World, there's a lot of back and forth on, is this part of the canon still? Is this not? Is this just like a side thing? What What is the consensus, you know, with everybody about the game? Uh, I, I don't, yeah, I don't... I don't think it is anymore. Mm -hmm. Just for the simple fact that the uh, the Mosasaur, mm -hmm. um, that that kind of changes everything a little bit. Well, does it though? Um, does it though? Why? Why I would, don't know. Just because the design. I mean, because they could the Mosasaur that there that is in Jurassic World, they could have designed it to look differently. So now that there's this yeah, whole thing true. of them, oh, we can tweak it to be a certain way. None of the dinosaurs are original in Jurassic World or whatever. Um, you know, I, I, for, I forget what it's like on a, one of the older podcasts that I, uh, that I heard uh, Brad talking with someone else about it being canon. They brought up a good point, and I can't remember what it was. And, I, and that started to make me think that way that, yeah, it might not be canon. There's certain things that could still be canon, mm -hmm. but it's like then it's like you're like nitpicking, like picking little parts of the story to put in canon when the story as a whole would be just, you know, taking a uh, wouldn't work you know right. it has to work all together and the, the one thing yeah. i remember um is that the t-rex blasts through the visitor center door and like breaks the entryway and yes um in jurassic world obviously um the two boys uh their names are escaping me right now walk right up to the original visitor center and it seems like it's all intact so i guess i'm led to believe that that kind That's of a good point. Proves that it's not. But then again, it's such a small aesthetic thing that maybe it was just kind of overlooked. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like, we, you know, with Star Wars, we essentially get, you know, these companies who hire a person, right? And they come out and they say, look, all these years, like, we're, this counts as canon, this counts as canon, this stuff no longer counts as canon. Until someone at Universal wants to hire a person to do that, cough, cough, me, um, <laughs> you know... I would say that this is not canon only because, again, for me, just really stupid, simple things like dinosaur count and just kind of taking into the idea that, yeah, like you said, the door isn't busted in Jurassic World. Um, until someone comes out and says, like, what is and is not canon, um, I just take that the movies are canon uh, within themselves, the books are canon within themselves, and then everything else is just kind of you know, singular Indiana Jones style adventures where nothing really matters from, you know, piece to piece. Um, it just is what it is at the time. I would love if they would make an in-canon video game and still count that in the movies. That'd be fantastic, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, it's like the comics. The comics go, like, overboard with some of the crazy ideas they, they come up with. You know what I mean? Some, like, they had an adaptation of the film uh, for Lost World and Jurassic Park that came in like four issues each yeah. but after that they would the raptor attack one there's a raptor like piloting <laughs> a helicopter like <laughs> you know what I mean they, I love they went that. overboard you've seen that one right I own it it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy like some of these ideas so those those would be like an expanded like crazy universe that has nothing to like I guess uses characters and designs of dinosaurs from the film universe and, and Jurassic Park in general, but just like side stories, like you said, Aaron, that just exist but not exist in the Jurassic Park world. Yeah, you know, Trevor Trevor came out and said like that they're not trying to set up uh, a world, right? Like they're not setting up a universe like Marvel or Star Wars is doing. And I think the big test of how serious Universal is about creating a, a Jurassic World is going to be when the new comic book comes out to see how seriously they take those comic books in future movies. Um, mm. And even then, like, if you look at the way Universal treats a lot of, like, the things that they're trying to create worlds out of, it just doesn't seem maybe very smart. Like, the new Mummy movie is supposed to be the beginning of the Universal Monsters, but they go and they hire someone like Tom Cruise, who I don't see. I don't see Tom Cruise as someone who wants to be involved in a a big, massive. Um, you know, every year there's got to be a new movie. Um, you know, part of the franchise. He does the Mission Impossible movies, but even those at times feel like Indiana Jones, where it's just nothing really matters. Uh, it's just he just makes a Mission Impossible movie because he feels like making one. So. Um, I don't think Universal themselves is really too big into the world creating. 
they don't really I, I feel sometimes they don't put as well then again they they didn't put as much attention to to this movie as like as a monster hit that it became you know um, I think everyone right, right. no one expected they, it they didn't me. they not yeah. expect this I mean I didn't expect it <laughs> I, I was like oh yes another Jurassic Park movie and you know telling other people about it and I'll, I'm all excited and they're like oh yeah dinosaurs and then all of a sudden like a week after the movie came out they're coming to me like did you mm-hmm. see it it was awesome and it's like oh now everybody's jumping on board and then you know Universal saw this and uh they're like oh man we do have something here you know and I feel like with a lot of their stuff they, they don't they don't give that attention they're just kind of like here you go check it yeah, out it, it's funny you, know, you bring that up like because I I, I pre-ordered this game at, at GameStop actually because um, with the Xbox uh, version, I don't know if it was in any other version. Um, for your avatar, there was a little T-Rex that would yes. walk around you like a dog. Did you have that too? Hell yeah! I, I turned my avatar into Alan Grant. Okay, cool. So yeah, you the, yeah. you can you get the you pre-ordered the game and they give you this little T-Rex and he follows like a little car and it was it was it was awesome. Um, so I pre-ordered the game. I really wanted that. And when I go up to the register, the girl's like, uh, what game did you want? I'm like, oh, I'm here to pick up Dress Park the Game. She goes, I don't think there's a game Dress Park the Game. No, no, I'm like, no, I pre-ordered this thing. Mm-hmm. So she had to go all the way in the back. And she goes, oh, yeah, oh, you're, you're the only one who pre-ordered it. I guess this came out today. That's so weird. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, Me really? Too. Like, that's so strange. I, I went through the same thing. Um, I remember going to pick it up. And I, I told my sister, I'm like, I gotta go get this game, cause like, I mean, I don't want to sell sell out, and I'm I'm just thinking, <laughs> like, you know, that's gonna be a big hit or something you're in right. my head. Just well, having that, yeah, you're, you know, you're in the Jurassic fan world. We all think yeah, it's a bigger franchise than it really is. Everybody on the like the, on the forums on JP Legacy were all out to get this game, and it was like a big right. discussion on there. And that's how that's where I met a lot of the friends I have now in the Jurassic Park community from there. And it was one of my best friends is because that game, me and him would talk back and forth about it, you know? Um, and now I went there and I'm like, I'm here to uh, pick up the game just like you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the person said the same thing. I'm the only one that pre-ordered in my in like my whole town. I'm like, are you serious? Me? And they're like, yeah, it's right there. Here you go. I'm like, yeah. um, and you know what I mean? It, it gave me kind of like a little bit of sadness. Like, wow, I... So underwhelming. Yeah, yeah, you know, because every other game there's lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, ro- I rolled in there hoping there to be a line in a way, mm-hmm. just to be like, yes, you know, mm-hmm. awesome. But no, nah. See, my experience was I I pre-ordered the game right from Telltale's website because I wanted the um the in-gen uh, collector's edition box. I got that one too. Uh, oh. That it came with. Yeah, it's I a fantastic collector's yeah. edition. Yeah, and we, we can talk about what comes in that, but like, mm-hmm. I pre-ordered it. I didn't have the money for it, so I put it on a credit card like so that I could make sure that I got my copy of the collector's edition, and then like, <laughs> The day the came the day the game came out, like on the website, it was still there available to buy, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm in my own world as to how big this game is gonna be." Um, but you know, I think I think maybe the Back to the Future game came out first, and that kind of had also been met with some mediocre reviews. And and Telltale wasn't the household name in video game uh, in the gamer world as it, as it is today with like Walking Dead and Batman. Um, you know, the Batman that just came out, right? So. Um, you know, Jurassic Park had kind of been dead for a little while, and uh, then a company that's not really all that well known is doing a video game. I just don't think that, uh, you know, that that the the people really knew about it, probably because advertising wasn't all that great. Uh, but, you know, you guys mentioned that you have this uh, collector edition. What did you guys think about that? I loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Fantastic. I yeah, thought it was the best thing that came out of the game, to be honest. It, yeah. it was a nice little box. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, do you guys want to talk about a little bit about what's inside? Or? Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, do that. So what's included is the uh, – first off, it comes in an in-gen recruiting package, and the idea is is that you've just uh, accepted a position uh, with in-gen at one of the two islands. So and great. you've been assigned to Isla Nublar. So, site A. Uh, within the, yeah, Site yeah, A. Yeah, exactly, Site A. Yep. Um, so essentially the package is uh, for you to keep with you um, on your travels to uh, the first day of the job and uh, you get a map of the island, mm-hmm. you get a field guide of all the dinosaurs uh, in the game, 
um, or on the island. Uh, you get your ID badge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some other things you got in there were like the soundtrack to the game. And then you got the game itself in like a nice DVD case. The patch, mm-hmm. too. The oh, yeah, or the hat or That's right. Yeah. The patch, the patch, the patch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the booklet came in with like nice original artwork uh, that was like actual Beautiful concept stuff. art for the game. Yeah, it was fantastic. I I really like that. I like the little attentions to detail, like you're saying, Site A, which I never thought about in Isla yeah. Nublar like that before, which was kind of cool. Um, the letter, dude. The letter, uh, and it's oh, signed yeah. by John Hammond. That's so yeah, cool. That was I, cool. I remember opening and reading that and then seeing John Hammond's signature, and I was just like, oh, John Hammond <laughs> wrote me a letter. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, feel it was that a really like cool. Also, this yeah, it was a really cool collector's edition. Especially, you know, games now are so, you know, every big game gets a big collector's edition. And one of them, I, you know, someone who lives in an apartment, um, you know, the last you know five ten years, I can appreciate small collector's editions. Um, and the box this comes in is about the size of a small shoe box. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the art, yeah, original. You get the patch. You get you know everything that you would get. If you were to accept a job, you know, on this island, I thought that was, like you said, the best part um, of the presentation of this game was definitely this collector's edition. Especially the box too, how it has the big InGen logo. It's blue. Mm-hmm. It says Palo Alto, California on it. It's it's a beautiful box. And it, it, the thing I didn't like when I received that was that they put the the postage on the box itself. I would have loved if they would have like. Put it like in a like plastic, and then put the postage over that, or put it in a box. It's like the box within a box because right. it was me being a collector that I am. It's like I had to peel that sticker off so slowly so not to ruin the box. And I had and I talked to a lot of other fans that I bought that box and were complaining about the same thing because some of them weren't as lucky as I was that was able to actually get the the postage off of it perfectly. Some of them think like about it ripped. this way. It's like that box was actually sent to you on because you're going to be working on InGen. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I, if you I, put it I, that I, way, yeah. Originally, I guess from, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Uh, I guess from like a collector's point of view, right. I was just like, ah, I got to get this off. That's <laughs> exactly how I was when I, I first saw it. I, I was using, I don't know if you guys ever do like the, the dish soap trick where that usually gets stickers off. Um, but that could also ruin the box itself. So I was like, oh, crap, I can't do that. And then I'm thinking, wait, this is a box that's supposed to be sent to me, a new employee of of InGen. I'm like, you know what? I don't know. kind of makes it more authentic to me. It's like like getting a signed autograph from, like, you know, Mark Hamill or something. It's it's, your name's on there, you you know, to Chris. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. So You know what I like to think of is I like to think that, like, the the postal delivery person who is delivering this like <laughs> saw this box and they were like InGen and it just it just haunted them because they they know they've heard the word right and like they 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 know what it is but because they're not huge fans of the franchise it's just like eating away like what is this this sounds so familiar like I, I can't get this out of my head or whatever like that but you know I, I can just think like why why am I delivering this InGen box to this person? This is the most random package I've ever delivered, but uh, maybe I'm thinking too hard into it. Maybe the postal person just didn't care at all. It's quite possible. <laughs> I like that. That's cool, though. Yeah. Um, or... So, Jay, you... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, say, so Jay, you said you had some questions, like, about, like, artwork and stuff like that. Did you want to maybe run through yeah, those? Yeah, one of them was uh, when we were talking about the Mosasaur. But um, what did you guys think of, like, Rexy's design? Because there's, like... There's so many, like, there's there's been uh, pictures going on Instagram right now where Jurassic Repaints is looking like what is her actual color of her coat, you know, like her skin. There's, like, she's dark, she's, like, light. What do you guys think of what how the game presented Rexy as a whole, you know? I thought the actual design itself, it was more like a brownish green in the game, right? It was, like, a, a it was, like, brown, like, a... It wasn't a dark brown, it was like mid-brown, and then it went into right. a lighter tan towards the belly, and the belly was really mm-hmm. white. Okay, yeah, I, I remember this. I remember, like, with the game itself, there's kind of like a stylized look. It wasn't identical to the actual films itself. Like, they, yeah. they tried to emulate the the realism. I remember they were, they were really uh, promoting the fact that they used a different engine that they've never used in the previous Telltale games, so they're really trying to go for um, a more realistic style while also having this kind of aesthetic that you know could work within their game universe. So um, 
I, I liked that it still looked like a Jurassic Park T-Rex, but to me it looked, it still was different, you know what I mean? It still had that feature, like the, like, I think with, with the T-Rex, it's all in the eyes. Um, if you can capture the eyes correctly, then, then that's, you know, to me it looks like the, the actual Jurassic Park T-Rex. I think they did a good job <coughs> with that. Yeah, you know, I think for as small of a video game company as this was, uh, Back in 2010 you know, ten or whatever, when they started developing the game, um, you know these games they they have to choose. They kind of have to go stylized because they have to work with um, you know smaller polygon count as the movies have to deal with. Um, they have to work with you know these games are live rendering things as you're going through. Uh, you know, whereas a scene from a movie can take just hours or days to render. You know, one shot. So you know they're dealing with things that movies don't have to deal with so for the limited resources i think the dinosaurs looked really really good especially rexy Mm -hmm. um i appreciated that they didn't do the cell shaded uh you know filter or run it through that engine like they have with uh the walking dead or batman or some of the other games i i was really appreciative of trying to make sure that it was nice um rendered out uh shaded dinosaurs um almost like a I'm not going to say as a Pixar movie, but but everyone maybe out there kind of knows what I'm talking about. Like you get those nice like ambient occlusion shadow passes um, baked in and and whatnot. It's not just a cell shaded object with a black line around it um, like a lot of their other games have. Yeah, and we did get the classic. I mean, something that I've always wanted to see in these films um, is a T Rex versus Triceratops uh, moment. Oh uh, yeah, I was just thinking Love that. that. That was that fantastic. was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm actually. Yeah, we got it. I forgot exactly how the T Rex looked because um, I again I played the game back when it came out and I haven't touched it since. So looking at these pictures, I'm I, I'm kind of impressed with how what what they were able to do with the limited resources and the scale of the actual studio at the time. It looks pretty good. Um, again, I think it was just mostly the like the still images of the character looks look good. It was more so just some of the animations that were a little janky. But I think my, my biggest criticism in terms of just, like, animation or just graphics were the humans. Um, yeah. That was my biggest criticism. I thought the dinosaurs themselves looked pretty decent. I really was... You know, I think if... Yeah. I think if this game came out today, like, it definitely would look a lot different, right? Like, the processing power of current PCs and the current generation of video game consoles could probably amp this up to where they could probably get pretty close uh, to actually looking like the movie, you know, you look at a game like Uncharted Four uh, or Horizon Zero Dawn that's coming out, um, or even Gears of War Four on the Xbox One. You know, they look a lot more polished and and real. And you know, they had to make sure that this game could run on an Xbox 360. And you know, for being a small studio like they were, they were just dealing with you know limited resources. Yeah, uh, I also feel like that that Rexy's design was uh, was good. It, it, I. I appreciated the the, the coloration because one of my my thing is like when I look at these dinosaurs in in any in any media I always compare them to like what their colors and and the way like kind of like what Crash's artwork look like and Rexy looked great and I felt that they got the best coloration that they get because the animatronic looks different from the CGI. The CGI, it, sometimes they, they, they compare the CGI at night to the CGI in the day. Sometimes she's darker, sometimes she's lighter. So there's like a wide range of the colors that Rexy looks. And I think the one that they used for this game was like a pretty good look to it. Um, and again, yeah, that Triceratops fight was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Triceratops fight, uh, we've never had it in a movie. Um, we've never actually even had like a T-Rex versus... Uh, we had T-Rex versus Gallimimus, right? But, like, you know, it would be nice to see the T-Rex go up against a plant eater that can actually give the T-Rex a run for its money. Yeah. I, I want the pissed-off Brachiosaur versus the T-Rex. That'd be amazing. We almost got it in Jurassic World. Uh, in Jurassic World, there was going to be the Indominus. Uh, there was a scene where they yep. saw the Indominus, like, taking down uh, Apatosaurus, but they cut it from mm. the film. Uh-huh. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Um, we did get the Ankylosaur okay, one, though. That was pretty good. Oh, yeah, we that did get great. the Ankylosaur. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, raptors. Um, I, I like the design. I, I thought that um, 
they looked cool and the scenes that they were in there was like the, the underground tunnel scenes like you're talking about how Disney Disney World has those tunnels um, that was the whole raptor sequence my question and I'm trying to remember if it was mentioned in the game or not by Sorkin or something how many raptors are actually on this island because at the end of Jurassic Park the movie they should be all dead at that point correct that's true I was just thinking that the same I was thinking the same thing as you were talking well, about them I was thinking that in Jurassic Park, we know that there's only three, right? Because, right. you know, they had... I, I forget exactly how many they had originally, but then when they introduced the one, she came in and killed all but two of the others. So right. we know that the pack on Nublar is only three uh, big, in which there's, what, two dead at the end of the movie uh, in the final fight sequence? So, right. um, you know, again, this, this boils down to one of my little nitpicky things about Dinosaur Count, where none of the numbers ever line up, which... You know, for making a continuous franchise, it's important that none of the numbers actually do line up or else you just end up having nothing uh, to introduce or, or whatever. But, um, you know, I was I was kind of okay with with that, um, with there being more raptors. I thought the, the sequence was actually really cool because that whole entire episode is like essentially they're being hunted through these uh, tunnels. Um, yeah, we also – yeah, we also never see um, – a raptor enclosure actually integrated into the actual park. Um, every raptor enclosure we see in the franchise has been kind of isolated um, and not really on display. So, you know, who knows? Maybe these raptors were in a different uh, containment unit on Nublar, um, you know, that were already like ready to be shown on display and they got out as well. Again, also, you remember that Grant finds those eggs uh, and those are raptor eggs just by the footprints. That's so true, maybe, and yeah. and in the in the novel as well, maybe they they took a, pieces of the novel integrated into the story. There is wild raptors. Maybe those raptors were some of the wild ones. Maybe it was a um, another group that was living outside, and when the when the fences went down, they 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 came in because one of those raptors had a scar on its face, if I remember right. Yes. Like yeah, they, from that guy when he's fighting, like, and he's having that knife fight with a raptor. I was like, okay, yeah, that's plausible. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's plausible. <laughs> you know, Muldoon got taken out, and he had uh, like he had this uh, the shotgun, and he got taken out by raptor. This guy has a knife, and he's gonna fight this. Yeah. Well, anyway, he has that scar, so we never see that raptor with a scar in the movies. So if they were trying to go with the movie at the time. I feel like, yeah, it might be another faction of raptors that lives on the island. But then again, yeah. the count, we don't know. What was it, like maybe three or four that were out there? Yeah, I think there was three right. or four in the game, right? At least at least two. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so let's give the listeners like some perspective, right? Let's talk about gameplay. Um, just to kind of, before we go into the gameplay of the game, let me ask you guys, what are your favorite video games? What kind of video games do you like mm -hmm. to play? Um, and then we can talk about like where this game either succeeded or failed based on that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, go for it, man. All right. Um, well, I like strategy type of games. I, I like I play a lot. I used to play um, Final Fantasy games. Um, then I got then I got into like the Resident Evil. That's like my favorite series of all time games. And I like the puzzles and stuff. So I kind of like the puzzles in this game and stuff. But um, I'm not. I'm not too much into first-person shooter. Um, I guess it would be like, like RPG, and like, like some like uh, Final Fantasy type of strategy, kind of game. Like okay. a hybrid of that would be like the games that I play. Like right now, I'm playing Witcher, Witcher Three, but I have like no time for it. So I was like, I've been, <laughs> I've been playing it forever. Yeah, that's a problem for Witcher Three, not having time. Yeah, taking um, forever. I, w I would say I'm a kind of a Nintendo fanboy. Um, I, my favorite game of all time is the original Donkey Kong Country. Nice. Um, but I, I have like a certain love for the N64 era. So any 3D platformers, uh, Donkey Kong 64, Super Mario 64. Um, but I'm, I'm also uh, you know a big fan of those Pokemon, Pokemon uh, original handhelds. Um, I love the Legend of Zelda. Um, and I, I, if venturing outside of Nintendo, I really like the uh, Kingdom Hearts series. And while I'm not really big on modern um, first-person shooters, I do have a secret love for the Halo franchise. Um, so I think if you're going to say what my bread and butter is, it's probably 3D platformers. Okay. 
Um, yeah, for me, like, I didn't grow up a big video gamer. Um, I always had consoles in the house, but I was one of those kids that just, like, I'd get a game and then it would get the best of me, and so I would just put it away for, like, ever and ever. Um, for me, it was the one that brought me back into gaming was the Gears of War franchise on Xbox. Um, that's a third-person on-rails, like, shooter. Uh, and then the game and the franchise that really made me just crazy for video games uh, was Uncharted. Um, and what Uncharted does, it takes it takes two of my favorite games, which is Gears of War and Tomb Raider, and it kind of combined them into one Indiana Jones-style action game. Um, and it's very story-driven, uh, but it's definitely on rails. Like, it's not open world or anything. But, you know, so for me, it's like... And for you guys, this game doesn't actually sound like any of the games that we absolutely love to play. Um, <laughs> Jurassic Park, the game is very much, uh, you just, it, you make decisions, you hit buttons in time to activate uh, X, Y, or Z uh, quick time events. Um, but really, you're just along for the ride. How did you guys feel about that aspect? I mean, as a kid, I hated point and click games. I, I despised them. I thought they were so boring. Um, and I, I did play the Back to the Future games before this, um, almost as in preparation, and I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves with modern games is um, during action sequences, and I know this is not for everybody, but for me personally, when during an action sequence, they'll have like a button that you have to rapidly press uh, for the character to, you know, do this one little piece of action, and then oh, now press the X button, press the triangle button, like it's it's telling you what to do instead of like actually doing it. Which I've noticed with a lot of more modern games, uh, in particular, like the Force Unleashed, I remember there was a lot of things like that, and I was like, I want to fight this monster. I don't want to just press one button. Um, so having said that, playing this, I was a little disappointed. I know it was more so just like cinematics and all that, but the whole click this, click that, watch a thing, click this, click that. I, I didn't, I wasn't engaged, and to me, it almost didn't feel like an actual game. Um, I know games are supposed to be immersive. You're supposed to feel like you're you know, helping the story progress, but this almost felt like like painting by color. Yeah, that's true. I, I feel the same way. Um, there was a game that I had played years ago called Prophecy. You guys know that game? And it was like a click, uh, you know, click and point type of game. It was about like some mystery, but the story with, uh, in the game was so great that I didn't mind that. I still don't like that type of click and play type of stuff. Only like when, like in like, Final Fantasy or Legend Dragoon when you're fighting that that you do kind of like that magic or like to do like a special move you have to click at the right moment or whatever but I like open world type games and with like that you can you decide where to really go in this game I didn't I hated that that was one thing that I really didn't like about this game was it this is where you're going no don't look to the right or left because you're not going there you're going here mm -hmm. and i was like i want to check out what's over there yeah that cons that custodial closet might have some amber or something mm -hmm. you know i want to see what's in there and you couldn't and when they first had announced this game i was hoping for like kind of an open world exploration. i wouldn't mind yes exactly yeah. i wanted that exploration of the park i didn't want them to tell me where to go because i want to go somewhere in the park not them like the game tell me mm -hmm. and that was like my biggest pet peeve of this game like i it, it just it bothered me so much that it was once you started playing the game you knew where it was going and it was like damn man i really wanted to do my own thing yeah and still go with the story but at least explore because they were saying oh we're gonna have new locations we're gonna have new attractions in the park and that's awesome but when you really don't get to really see them you kind of just on a tour basically of it mm -hmm. where you don't get to go on the tour on your own time or how you want to go where you want to go it it that bothered me the most about it Aaron I, I want to jump in really quick before you, you, you yep. give your thoughts they, they promoted the game as you choose how the game plays out and there's going to be different endings and that really made me excited for, you know, uh, the term they use is playstyle matters. So whatever you do during the game will affect the outcome um, towards the end of the game. So that made me very excited. However, it was so it was built so linear that mm -hmm. the ending was just do you do this or that? And that was that was what changed the ending for the entire story. No matter what happened before, um, it was a false sense of playstyle matters and that that really irked me the wrong way. I was like, oh, this is underwhelming. So. Yeah, you know, I think 
for for all maybe the problems that we have with um, the gameplay mechanics themselves, what what I do give Telltale a lot of credit for is that they understood from development and like from the very early ons and from uh, you know they even said this in the original launch trailer is that Jurassic Park is not about shooting dinosaurs and previously that's all we ever got with like Trespasser and the Lost World video game and the original Jurassic Park video games was just you were a guy running around shooting dinosaurs and that's not what Jurassic Park is about and even in their game they have um, a character Dr. Sorkin who's very into like preserving the animals she's like well even though the power's out and this is all going to hell like I still want to like set these animals free and preserve them and, and keep people from destroying them and I think this was kind of like one of the only ways they could get around not having it be a crazy action you know rpg you know with a bunch of uh shooting is that is to kind of tell just have you play through a story but again with all their other games where you make decisions and the game is different i feel like if they would have maybe amped that up like they have in uh later iterations of their video games i might have actually gone through to play through a few times to get different you know, maybe different scenes that I didn't get the first time, or a completely new ending, or maybe see a dinosaur that I didn't see the, through the first playthrough. Um, I feel like that could have maybe uh, given me more of a reason to go through and replay the game. But yeah, it kind of sounded like everyone's experience was pretty much the same. Um, and yeah, you basically make one decision at the end of the game that I think just basically decides if someone lives or dies, which if you're not caring about the characters, it's like, who cares? That's true, yeah. Yep. Uh, the other thing I want to go over is maybe like uh, real briefly, like your favorite set piece. Um, for me, my favorite set piece the entire game was the uh, roller coaster off the side of the cliff, where we're introduced to the Herrerasaurus. Um, I just thought that was kind of a cool little action sequence. I would love to see something like that in a movie. Uh, you know, so I'll leave it to you guys then to maybe fill me in on, a, on another one. The Bone Crusher? Wasn't that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah, the Bone Crusher. <laughs> there was a lot bone of, like... Bone Shaker or something. The, there was a lot of, like, inappropriate jokes that came out of that. I remember on forums afterwards. <laughs> the Bone Crusher. I was like, okay. Um, I think my favorite part um, was the underground tunnel stuff. Um, it felt very, like... Uh, Alien, uh, like that franchise, where it's it, you're. I love when movies are you know, like in the Die Hard franchise, the, the first film. You're secluded, like you're you're trapped in a building, and like the building itself becomes somewhat of a character. Um, and you're you're trapped in an environment where you have no place to go but you know one way. Um, and I like that when you're in the, you're the Raptors are coming, and it's like, oh, what are we gonna do? And you have like these tight spaces, and it's dark, and it's creepy, and. Um, I, I thought that was pretty cool. I like the industrial side of Jurassic Park. Uh, just like in the movie when, when um, Ellie Sattler was, you know, trying to turn the power back on. And um, that really harkened back to that scene. I thought it was pretty cool. Right. It's like the dirty behind the scenes that, like, they don't really invest too much money into because right. no one's actually going to see it. But right. you get to see it as a player in the game. Absolutely. I like that a lot. I thought that was great. Jay, what about you? Um... I gotta say, my favorite was the Mosasaur scene. That underwater, like, uh, aquarium that they were building up with all... that It showed that there was other specimens, like other marine reptiles, but you never see them in the game, but, you know, they inferred that. that there, there's probably plesiosaurs, ichthyosaurs, and then you finally get to the Mosasaur. And that whole scene of them, like, swimming in, uh, in the scuba suits and trying to get away from the mosasaur and going in that cage reminded me kind of a Jaws and, and I love Jaws mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. I, I think even the music at one point was like boom, 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 or something <laughs> if I remember right and I was like this is, this is like Jaws it, but I mean <laughs> it, it's I, I thought that was pretty cool it, it was like so new to the park you know I mean because you're expecting dinosaur um facilities and whatnot uh but then when you get to that part and they had they're like oh we're gonna be opening a whole you know jurassic aquarium and the possibilities of like the the aquatic predators and and fish and whatnot that you would see there that was that was awesome to like imagine it sucked that there was nothing else shown other than the mosasaur i was really hoping to see some like maybe a plesiosaur but but that was like a did anyone else did, did did anyone else find it weird that like 
Harding is like the head veterinarian guy, and he has no idea that this place even exists. Like, yes, I thought that was I thought that was totally random. He's like, oh, what are these? Oh, these are like feeding tables. It's like, um, I don't know, man. You're the vet. You like, you tell us. You know? Yeah, I didn't like how that like they wanted to tie it to the movie, so they found the one veterinarian in the movie, and they're like, let's make this him an entirely different character. I, I think personally, I wish he was a different person, and that. Like you said, it was written a little bit differently because he was playing dumb the entire time. Or he was really dumbed down and watered down throughout the entirety of the game, and I didn't really buy it. Um, well, they tried tying him into with Sarah Harding from The Lost World, and it was like, oh, that's it's a stretch, but like, okay. Wait, did they? Yeah, they mentioned at one point that like either Sarah is like his ex-wife or like his older daughter or something. I forget exactly, but they tried. They they they. Uh, they pair him up somehow with Sarah Harding, and it's just like, it's almost like eye-rollingly bad. But oh, it, they I tried. Was, I thought that was like some fans speculating, but I, I uh, gosh, that's I, that's when it becomes a little bit too much for me. Like when they try to make, it's like you mentioned Jaws. I'm a huge Jaws fan myself mm-hmm. too. But like, how many times does one family get attacked by, you know, great white sharks? Like the, in in Jaws four. Um, the the wife goes from Martha's Vineyard and it goes all the way down to like the Caribbean or whatever, and the same shark travels the like the entirety length of the, the United States to to follow her. It's like, uh, that's, that's... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, I'm tearing up over here because that that movie oh, is just wow. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Bad shark it's... movies. It's like that's a whole different oh, podcast, my God, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> but. Yeah, I I didn't know that they were trying to stretch um, that possibility of that of him being related to Sarah Harding from Lost World. That's new to me. Yeah, Wikipedia has it listed that Sarah Harding is actually his older daughter, um, which doesn't make any sense with the age of like uh, Ian Malcolm or anything like that. But then, I, if I to my recollection, I thought that the the daughter in the game references Sarah as like her stepmom or something um but i could what? be completely off what? i could be completely Weird. off uh, off base but uh i'm sure some fans out there know exactly you know it would have been better about, if they would have made if if they wanted to like put them you know make them related it be his sister you know that would have made a little more sense maybe like a younger sister maybe it was i i could be i i may Weird. not remember i do know they tried making them up but now that you mention it yeah i kind of remember I'm, I'm remembering back her mentioning something like that and i had me playing the game rolling my eyes <laughs> yeah all right guys so we're coming up on about an hour of recording here and uh i know chris you actually have to be somewhere so let's just wrap this up with maybe some like final thoughts and would you guys recommend that people play this game go ahead chris yeah um here, here's the thing. I, I think it's if you're a fan of the franchise, you're gonna find things in this game that you're going to enjoy. Um, as someone who didn't necessarily enjoy the playthrough uh, experience, there are certain things that I did like. Um, there's different side of Jurassic Park that you can uh, find uh, that isn't shown in the movies and even the book. Um, and then there are little callbacks to the film and the book um, that is really cool and little nods and um, that makes it somewhat a more enjoyable experience um so i would recommend it for a jurassic park fan but if you're a gamer and you want to learn more about the jurassic park franchise i would rather you um pick up one of the novels or watch the movies or maybe even pick up one of the uh, comic books from the 90s even though those are kind of crazy as well but i think those are more enjoyable yeah um I would say basically the same thing. Like, it's, if you're a fan of the franchise, um, it's a game that I would recommend you playing just for the simple fact of certain things like that that, that that'll make you smile while you're playing the game, like certain little things that'll pop up. Um, and just some of the new locations that, that could have been plausible at the park, because we, we, I mean, there's, some of us say it's still canon, some say it's not, but it could have been like, like you know, like the roller coaster or the aquarium or those tunnels, all all those like locations to add on to like the um, the story of Jurassic Park or, or the facilities that we had on that was on Nublar. Um, but as for gameplay and whatnot, for like the everyday gamer, I don't think the everyday gamer would really enjoy it. It's, it'd be a game they kind of would just get frustrated with. Um, but 
As for that, yeah, any Jurassic Park fan, it'd be a game for you to play. You know what I mean? I, I, you wouldn't have as much fun as like other games for this game playing certain aspects of the game itself, but just certain things like what the game presents as a fan and what it, you know, what it brings to the fandom. I think you would enjoy. Yeah. I mean, without elaborating that, because I feel pretty much the same way, I think if you're a Jurassic Park fan and you are not into uh, the slow, methodical kind of games, I would definitely suggest maybe just watching the whole thing on YouTube. Um, It's about eight to nine hours long. Um, If you just want a pure story, uh, if you want to play through this game, I would highly suggest not trying to play through um, in a rush. I would play like one episode a week. Uh, Each episode is maybe two hours long. Uh, I would say sit down one night, get two hours of it, and then put it as, put it away for another week, and then come back and play another two hours, put it away for a week, and just repeat. Um, it, it does get a bit monotonous, but the artwork is beautiful. Um, the rendering is nice. The animation is a little janky in some spots, like we talked about. But uh, overall, I would say if you're a fan, see this game. Uh, and if you are not a fan of the franchise, just pass it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sums it up pretty good. But uh, all right, guys. Well, with that said, I think we'll conclude the first uh, episode of the uh, Jurassic Park podcast, The Game Trail. Uh, We hope you guys out there enjoyed listening to it, and uh, we'll be back again, I'm sure. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast, and of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 86th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a huge thanks to Aaron, Chris, and Jay Jurassic for taking the reins today in the game trail. I am very excited for this segment to branch out and cover all the amazing games throughout the series. Now, if there's anything you want them to cover or if you have any questions for them, email them in and I'll pass them back. Don't forget about the promo code that we're running with the Franklin Institute for Jurassic World The Exhibition. Enter the code JWG. N-E-R for $5 off daytime adult admission tickets. Head to our website for a direct link and for more information on the promo code. Don't forget to share that code with your friends and family. Tell them where you got it and let us know when you use it. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast. And our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review in iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it so much easier for fans like you to find us. We usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories mp3s comments or if you want to debut a segment of your own just like the game trail send them to jurassicparkpod at gmail.com or you can submit questions directly on our website contact form if you'd like to record something for the show send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode if you don't have any way to record you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message that number is 732-825-7763 thanks for listening and enjoy